Hello, my name is Billy. And my name is Christy. And you are listening to Thought Zone, a production of the Front Porch Sessions podcast. The Thought Zone series is exactly what it sounds like, our thoughts on particular topics. It is our opportunity to share lessons, experiences, and hopefully offer some help and guidance to others on a variety of topics. And on today's episode, we want to take a few minutes to talk about the reality of the perception. You don't mean the reality of the situation? I do not. And that's a very good question. We often use the phrase, the reality of the situation, to boil things down and get to the heart of the matter, to Mm -hmm. cut through all the facts, through all the data, and say, this is the real thing, problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've heard it in terms of the reality of the situation is that if we don't increase revenue Mm -hmm. in the next six months, we're going to have to let people go right, right, or right. something of that nature. Like the harsh truth. Yes. Okay. Yes, with that. Uh, the reality of the perception, and I don't know that I am the originator of this phrase. I've never heard it before. Uh, but I came up with this about a month ago, maybe two months ago. I was thinking about some situations, and the only way that I could describe it was the reality of the perception. And it's kind of an alternative take on the reality of the situation, mm-hmm. I think, and, and they both uh, apply in this type of thing. Now, you probably have heard the phrase, perception is reality. Yes. And we've talked about that here on a Thoughts On episode. episode. Ha- have we really? Yes. Wow. Are you impressed that I remembered something that you didn't? Yes, <laughs> very much so. Okay. Yay, me. So do you want to explain what we, is meant by the perception is reality statement? Well, oftentimes... I think people use the excuse for, well, that's just your perception. But sometimes what's actually happening is I'm not getting a more complete story. And so, yes, my perception is my reality because I don't know anything different. And I think that's a good reality moment, especially in businesses or larger organizations. So that that would be my explanation or definition. Okay. And I can take that. Yeah. I can agree with that. It's an interesting statement to mm-hmm. me. Perception mm-hmm. is reality because the phrase itself is not tec- technically accurate. Okay. Because reality is the way things actually are. Mm-hmm. And perception is a way of seeing things or right. a way of understanding, interpreting things. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because I may interpret a situation a little bit different the way I perceive it, being my perception, doesn't change the reality. Mm-hmm. Of that. And when I think about it in those terms, in some of my classes, when we talk about certain things, I will use, for lack of a better word, an object lesson. Sure. So typically I'm standing behind the lectern. Uh, so it's, it's a big wooden thing. So you can't really see where I'm at. Okay. It's not a clear one uh-huh. or one of those skinny ones. And <laughs> okay. uh, as we're talking about things, I will pull something out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. Typically it's a coin, but it may be something else, whatever I have in my pocket. But they can't see it. Uh, well, some of them will be able to. Okay. So okay. they don't know what I'm pulling out of my pocket. And then I will ask the students who are scattered around the room to tell me what I have in my hand, mm. which I hold down uh, by my side. Okay. And so people that are on one side of the room, they can't t- tell if I'm holding something in my hand or not because okay. the lectern will block it. Uh-huh. Some people will be able to see, yes, he's holding something mm-hmm. and they won't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Others can see it and they can make it out. Oh, Some okay. of them, if it's a coin, they may just know it's a coin. They may not know whether it's a nickel or a quarter mm-hmm. with that. And the perception is based upon what they're seeing. Mm. 
But the reality is I either have something in my hand or I don't, mm-hmm. and it's a specific object. Right. Uh, and for them, their perception is reality in a sense, but it's not true reality. Okay. But it's, it's a way of seeing things. Okay. Uh, so I use that particularly when we're talking about eyewitnesses and mm. some other factors and, and distractions uh, that go on there. And even though I kind of say that perception is reality is not accurate, mm. there is a merit of truth there. Okay. Legally, you mean? Uh, no, not not talking about legally oh, okay. Okay. with this. Uh, and we'd have to analyze that on a different podcast. Okay. <laughs> that will be our legal thoughts on. Okay. Uh, that we will our, start our producing. Keeps getting bigger and bigger. A, yes, uh, we probably will not have a legal podcast. Oh, good. But we could. We could analyze. Anyway, we're getting <laughs> distracted here, just like our regular yes. front porch sessions podcast. Uh, but perception does often influence how we interpret reality. Okay. It doesn't change reality. Mm-hmm. It's just how we interpret reality. Uh, and in my experience, and I think as long as I've known you, that this would be hold true in your experience as well. When people don't have enough information or they don't have enough facts about the reality of a situation, Mm. they will fill in the gaps with the information that they do have. I'm absolutely guilty. And that's where we get to where I came up with this phrase of the reality of the perception. Mm. It's kind of a double-edged sword, not in a negative way here. Yeah. Because our perception does inform the way that we see reality. Sure. But I also think too many leaders ignore the reality of the perception of their followers. Mm. They don't want to believe that it is there. And I think the reality of the perception is something that all leaders need to be aware of. Sure. And what I think that all boils down to is proper communication. Amen. Without proper communication, followers are left to fill in the gaps, often with erroneous information, Uh, sometimes with baseless information. And this is a potential volatile situation for a leader to actually be in Mm. because this perception is based on the lack of information. It often leads to gossip. Mm. It often leads to rumors. And it's subject to spread like wildfire, making the situation worse. Absolutely. And before we sat down to start recording, and I'm not going to give any specific examples, but I was thinking of some times that people have come to me and said, hey, did you know X? Mm. And the stories that they had. Sure. Because they were filling in the gaps because they didn't have information. And sometimes I didn't know any information. Yeah. I do remember one time I had basically just left a meeting that had discussed some of these things. So I'm like, where did you hear this? And there wasn't time to have gotten it out Ah. from the time I left the meeting to that. So I understand, but they didn't have information about something that they wanted information about or they needed. Also, I think when people don't have information, when the communication is lacking, and I don't know if this is human nature or just the people that I get to be around, Mm-hmm. in my life. Uh, but in many cases, people jump to the worst possible conclusions oh, about yes. a situation. Guilty. Because they don't have the information about the reality yes. of the situation. Yes. And they're left with the reality of the perception. Yes. Now, do you, do you want to add anything at this point in time? I know I've been doing a lot of talking here. Well, I have a example in my head that, that is very prominent, and it's, it's one of those things I feel like I'm filtering every word you are saying through this particular example, but it's actually a pretty recent example, and uh, I imagine on some level there are people in our listening audience who maybe can relate. I don't know how many people sign contracts for their 
position, their job. And you and I are in a position to where we sign contracts on a yearly basis. And in the midst of the pandemic, you and I, uh, we typically sign contracts in the spring for another year of work. And because of the pandemic, that was delayed. However, we weren't really well communicated with in regards to we're running behind. We've got a lot on our plate. Those will be coming out a month later than usual or something. And you and I had several conversations. You were very at peace with it, very much so thinking this is all going to be fine. And even though I intellectually knew that everything was going to be fine, there was a certain level of emotion that I thought, but what if? Because I can be a bit of a pessimist. I worry. Yes, you do. And I was filling in gaps that maybe weren't really necessarily well, necessarily necessary to fill in. Sorry, I shouldn't use the same word twice. But I, I, that's something that I keep thinking about because it was really, it was a, it was an innocent situation in that we intellectually knew that everything was going to be fine. But it, it does fit your your it does narrative. I think it does, and I I think that is a very good example mm-hmm. because the reality was you were going to get a contract. Yes, yes. It just happened to be a month, maybe two months. I don't yeah. remember the details later, but it was never communicated yes. to the right people or communicated effectively. These are delayed because we're dealing with these other problems right. situated around going into the whole pandemic situation yes. and w- w- everything's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't have that information, yeah. you're left to fill in gaps yeah. and you just illustrated, you go to the worst possible I do, conclusion here yeah. in this situation. And you're not alone. I know a, a lot of people do that. No. And uh, again, some of the things that I have heard from individuals, sure. they are hilarious yeah. about where did you come up with this? <laughs> and they're like, well, and they're, they don't really have a good explanation or they heard something from somebody, again, the gossip in the yeah, rumors yeah, yeah. and the story grows. Oh yes. Kind of like the old telephone game. Yes. Yes. Uh, and it just, I wish I could think or remember of what some of the stories I've been told yeah. about things that just make me laugh, but none of them actually coming to mind yeah. right now. Um, and I think all of this really boils down to a lack of communication sure. and uh, good communication, sure. effective communication, enough communication, Yes, which all leaders have to be aware of. Yes. And the reality is you're not talking about anything. It doesn't have to be malicious. A lack of communication in this scenario is just a lack of communication. It doesn't mean that they are vindictively keeping you out of the loop. We are just referring to silence. Radio silence is probably how I would describe it. Uh, a little bit dramatic terms, but it doesn't have to be malicious when you're not sharing information, when you're not communicating, but just not communicating is the issue. It is. It is a big issue here. Mm-hmm. And then also not communicating effectively. Yes. Yes. It feels like that's two sides to one coin that we could really spend a lot of time it on It is. Both. A lot of this related to communication is that two sides to one mm-hmm. coin or sometimes that double-edged sword, which actually here could cut you, uh, <laughs> unlike yes. how I used that phrase earlier. And I haven't told you this yet. But I've actually have been working on gathering together information and notes, uh, filtering through lots of different things to prepare some episodes related on communication, how to do it, how to do it effectively. Mm. Uh, but And we'll, we'll have to talk about communication a little bit here, but this is not necessarily the how-tos and how to do it right. better. This is more of the dangers of not yeah. communicating with yeah. that. 
you know, it's imperative that leaders be aware that when a lack that a lack of information mm-hmm. can lead to negative realities of yes. perception. Your contract example yes. is a big deal. It, I've been in several meetings uh, over my lifetime where somebody has looked at me and said, and I'm there representing other people, mm-hmm. and the comment basically is, well, don't they know that? <laughs> yes. And several times my answer has been, no, they don't know that yeah. because you haven't told them that. This is one area that you are spectacular in. Your communication style is very appropriate for these types of conversations because we've we've spoken on thoughts on before that I am a bit timid. I, I typically am fearful about things where you, when you know it's right, you know it's right and you're not afraid to say. And this, you have, you have absolutely done this very eloquently several times where someone in authority or, or maybe even a co-worker has said, but don't they know? And you you call them on it. And you're not rude, but you're very direct of, no, how would they know? Well, I try not to be rude. There probably have been some occasions <laughs> I have. I do remember a couple of occasions where I've said, no, they don't know because you haven't told them or you haven't told us. Yes, yes. This, and to see the look on the person's face, like they just got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. Well, don't ask questions you don't want answers to, That right? is my philosophy. Yes, Don't Don't ask questions you don't want answer to. <laughs> And I do think there is a balancing act here mm. because I also believe that some information is need to know. Yes. And I don't always need to know. Yes. But if you don't tell me yes. that I don't need to know that or somehow can effectively communicate to me that you're aware yes. of a problem or a situation and you are actively working on it, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, uh, legal Otherwise, I can't think of another phrase right there that you don't need to share that with me at that point in time, or you may never be able to share with me. I'm going to fill in gaps that you don't know about the problem or you don't care about the problem. You don't care about communicating it to try to find a solution. Yes. Uh, So that's where this double-edged sword kind of comes in in this situation. But leaders must effectively communicate that they're aware of the situation, that they are actively working on the situation. And I would love to be able to tell you more about it, but right now I can't, and I'm going to need you to trust me. This is what I'm saying the leader. You're giving oh, me this look I like, I can't tell you this. So if I'm in a situation and expressing concerns mm-hmm. and somebody tells me, I hear you, I'm aware of that problem. Yes. I or we, the, my team, whatever, is actively working on a solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more complicated and complex than you're aware of or... Yeah whatever the situation may be, and I can't tell you all the things that are going on behind the scenes. If the leader has developed a relationship and uh, is trustworthy, and that's another thing that we'll Mm -hmm. get to on a different uh, thought zone, (laughs) uh, I will take that answer. I agree. There are a number of people in my lifetime that have told me, "I, I understand, I'm working on that, but I can't give you any more information right now. Yes. And you know what? I've been totally fine with that. Agreed. I believe them. I trusted them. And I knew they were actually doing it. Agreed. But they communicated yes. that idea of, yes, we're aware of the situation. We are actively working on it. And in a lot of cases, what I found, the actual details aren't very important. Yeah. It. What's important is that those in charge are aware and actively working on that communication. I mean, I they can, and have worked. Let me start over there. <laughs> yeah. That they're, what's important here is that those in charge are aware and actively working on the problem. Yes. And where it got into my word slip there is that <laughs> they are actively communicating that. Yeah. Failure to acknowledge a situation, 
failure to communicate an awareness of the situation, mm-hmm. failure to be able to communicate that you're actively working towards a situation is going to be more problematic. Yes. Uh, because again, followers are left to fill in the gaps. Yes. And they are going to come up with some wild stories. If there is anybody <laughs> that is in a leadership position here that is thinking, those on my team would never do that. I need to talk to you about yes. some oceanfront property in Arizona <laughs> because you need to buy this from me. Yeah. You're fooling yourself. Yeah. Can I add to that? Yes, you can. When you when you talked about the need for trustworthy leaders, and I'm with you, we could probably do a whole episode on that. But the the item I would add to when they communicate and say, I need you to trust me, I know this is a problem and we're working on a solution, my addition to that would be especially maybe if you've not built rapport with your team yet, or maybe you're in process, or maybe even just because you value your team enough to say these extra things, add in there a timeline. This is something, even if it's like, look, we we're, we understand what's going on. We're working on a solution. We hope to roll out a solution within two weeks. Listen, I... I may be the person that puts it on my calendar, but I also will feel a real genuine sense of relief knowing, okay, not only do I now trust that they're working on it, because they gave me a timeline, I have further reason to believe this is going to be addressed. Yes. It's just a suggestion. And it gives you a time frame to follow back up that you know yes. for the next two weeks, you don't need to worry about this. Yes. If you haven't heard something within two weeks, two and a half weeks, Maybe it's time to go back yes. and follow up because yes. the perception there is going to be that you were dismissed, that you weren't important. Yes. And that's pro- that's problematic. So if leaders don't acknowledge and communicate that they're working on it, yes. even if they can't give more details, if mm-hmm. you can get more details, give more details. Yeah. Always err on the side of disclosing more than people want. Now, don't disclose too much when you can't. <laughs> sure. sure. And sure. I may have not worded that in the best way there. No, Hopefully I our listeners understand. Yeah. But so you got to acknowledge that you're aware of the problem. You're communicating that you're working on it. Because uh, if you don't, again, followers are left to think that you don't believe them. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, and I don't know which one of these is worse, that followers are left that you don't believe them, that mm-hmm. this is a real problem, or that followers are left thinking that those in charge don't care mm. or they don't have the capacity to remedy the situation. Hmm. Or maybe you're even left thinking this uh, leader is too incompetent to deal with the problem. <laughs> well, that's filling in some some gaps there. Well, it happens. Yes. I think every organization I've ever been involved with, yes. it is when there have been issues raised and things haven't been communicated, or even things aren't, issues aren't raised, but mm-hmm. things aren't communicated and they find out through the grapevine or in the newspaper or from somebody downtown at the grocery <laughs> store, you know, I think people have filled in all of those gaps. Absolutely. There. and. Ultimately, what it boils down to is communication. Yes. Communication is key. Again, leaders have to recognize the perception. I mean, excuse me, the reality of the perception. If you're not communicating, if your team doesn't know what's going on, they are going to fill in the gaps. Yes. Yes. Um, And sometimes I think, too, that leaders take this approach that I'm in charge. Mm. You just need to do what I say. Yeah. You don't need that information. Uh, I'm not willing to give that. But if mm-hmm. we, again, if the followers don't have the facts, right. they are going to fill in gaps. Well, and that really builds on your idea about relationship. If we do not have that kind of relationship where I'm going to blindly trust you, then don't expect it because you're going to be really frustrated with me when I tell you, I'm sorry, 
I'm not going to follow you blindly on this and just hope that you're fixing this problem that that is a big deal to me. So I, I think that's we definitely can go back to relational issues. If if you've got uh, a leader who's telling you, I you just you would just have to trust me and it's none of your business. <laughs> that's not building no. a good team. No. It's not building rapport no. in that situation. And I'm pretty sure in my 46 and a half years of life mm. that I have had in a couple of different organizations, leaders say that mm. or something along that lines. Yeah. And I want to say at least once I told them that I didn't trust them to I, deal with it. I would have guessed more than once. So yeah, for sure. And it probably is. Yeah. But no, I don't trust you. You haven't proven yourself right. to be able to follow through with this, or you don't tell me anything. You yeah. don't tell our, the rest of our team anything. So why should I trust you right. that you're going to deal with this? You're just dismissing it. By the way, this is why you really are one of these incredible, pardon me for saying it this way, but this one of these incredible middle management guys that you have been in job interviews where you've told whoever is, is wanting to bring you onto their team, I'm not going to be your yes man. And you weren't lying. And sometimes they don't really believe they, you. And they didn't appreciate it. And they didn't appreciate it. And sometimes they had to learn the hard way that, oh, no, that's really what he means. And it's always reassuring for me when you get in situations where you have a leader who recognizes that in you and actually values that. They know they can come and get the hard truth from you. And I, I think that's a valued commodity that we are not cultivating in today's well, society. You. Yeah. I think that's a compliment I mean it. there. It is. Yeah, I do remember one situation I kind of brought on uh, to help with some different things. And I straight up told the person, if you're looking for a yes man, I'm not your person. Yeah. You you need to go find somebody else. And they said, I don't, that's great. I don't want a yes man. Yeah. Turns out they wanted a yes man. <laughs> and that didn't work you out too well. You were a little well, suspicious, we, you know. We kind of butted some heads there. Yeah. Uh, because of that. But that's another story for another time. Okay, I think, too, that sometimes leaders don't communicate effectively or they don't communicate enough because they are afraid of over-communicating. Oh, boy. Yeah. Which, again, that's kind of a, a double-edged sword mm -hmm. as well because what happens, in my experience, with these leaders that fear over-communicating they go to the other extreme mm -hmm. and they don't communicate at all. Yeah. And I don't know how you, you fix that. I would prefer you to communicate just the right amount. I was going to say, be but, careful here. Yes. Uh, but I would almost prefer you over communicate yeah. and let me cipher through the information yeah. of what is really pertinent yeah. to me yeah. than for you to go to the other extreme of I'm afraid of over communicating. Yeah. So I'm not going to communicate at all. I default to over communicating and yes, you do. Yeah. And, and it's something that I actually do find myself trying to work on. But so for instance, with the pandemic, when we initially sent our students home, we're trying to figure out creative and appealing ways to communicate with our students. And we're an email campus that that's a big part of who we are and how we communicate, but that's not always the top way that our students communicate. So what I was finding I was doing, sending more emails than I should, writing longer emails than I should. And so I started, I would write them, call them down. And then even after I had done that, I would then go in and highlight kind of, here's the main point. If you're only going to read these three <laughs> things, read A, B, C, and I would have it highlighted or bolded or something. But I tend to over communicate and I bet there's other people like that. Oh, I'm sure there are. 
And I think you need to remember that, make your notes when we get into recording some of the communication episodes, you can bring that up. Because one of the things that I have written down in my notes uh, related to this is flip side of under communicating is that some leaders will communicate every little detail, yeah, which can lead to, I don't know if this is a real term or not, but I'm using it, communication fatigue. Oh. Oh, I like it. Uh, because you're getting so much. If you're sending yeah. a ton of emails, a ton of memo communications with every little detail, you run the risk of people not reading it. Yes. Um, you know, does TLDR sound familiar to you? TLDR? I don't think so. Too long, didn't read? Oh, <laughs> So what we find Which is... Which I'm guilty of that too, by the way. Yeah. I over-communicate and I do not respond well to others that over-communicate to me. Yeah. So you may need to work on that. Maybe you need I'll to go back and listen to this in the upcoming, okay. the future, because it's not going to be super upcoming episodes on communication. Okay. And, All right. And maybe learn something here. Duly noted. Yeah. I think if an email is too long or a memo is too long and mm-hmm. you're sending so many of them that are long and mm-hmm. they don't get to the point, yeah. some people, most people are only going to skim it. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to miss the important details. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was helpful what you were saying in yours. You went and highlighted the important. So if you were only going to read one thing out of yeah. this, read the highlighted part. Uh, but if they're too long and too many, some people are going to disregard them altogether. Yeah. Particularly if you're sending communication that doesn't, you're sending it to everybody and mm-hmm. it doesn't apply to everybody on yes. your team. Yes. I get too many of those and yes. I'm thinking the next one you send that actually is for me or for oh, my yeah. department or something. Yeah. I don't need to read it because all this other mass communication hasn't applied to me or to my situations. Yeah. Communication is a very tricky thing. Yes. And how do we but do important. this type of things? And if we had to default, we would say over-communicate? You yes. Think? Yeah. I think I would say uh, over-communicate. But work on it in the meantime? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I did write down here on my notes, leaders should probably err on the side of over-communicating. Yeah. While also trying not to overwhelm individuals with too much information at once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because here's the thing. If I get a long email or a long memo and you put, you know, 27 points in there that I need to to deal with, I guarantee you I'm not going to remember all 27. I probably didn't even hone in on all 27 of yeah. those. Yeah. Also, uh, I think this may be more common phrase for journalism. You bury the lead. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I've gotten these and they're long flowery uh-huh. messages and somewhere in the middle kind of hidden yeah. in a paragraph, not bullet point, not its own paragraph is, <laughs> hey, here's here's yeah. what we need to work on. Yeah. And then, you know, more flowery language. Yeah. You bury the lead. Why, why do that? I would almost rather get a series of shorter communications. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, <laughs> I think so because I'd be more apt. Now I read every email I get. You do. Well, I don't. Re- not everyone. The spam ones I delete. Okay. Uh, but official <laughs> communication, I read yes. every one of those. Yeah. And I, I read the details, and part of that's just my personality, uh, my background, yeah. and, and some of those type things. So we've had situations where I mentioned something to you, and you're like, "I don't know what you're talking about." I'm like, "Well, it was in that email. It was dated this date. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. we just got it an hour ago." And yeah. you're like, "Oh, I I didn't read it all." Yeah. Because it was too long or it's yes. too much information. Yes. Again, communication is a delicate balance. Well, I was going to say, we had a boss, a person in charge, several years ago, several, several years ago, who was on that side, except for it was pretty random what 
that person would over-communicate. There would be times where we heard nothing about the important things, the things that were worrying us as employees. And then there were other times that we were getting these long, verbose emails. And I got very bad during that period. Period. I'm not reading them. Yes. And it's and carried over. It, it got, to, yeah. And I, I actually am mindful of it, but it was, it was over the top. I, I want to go back to something I said really quick in, in regards to this. When I told you that I would write these emails, I'd sit on it and come back and call it down. I think that's an important aspect of it. I think we live in a society that thinks I've got to write it, send it and have it already in somebody else's hands within five minutes. And that's, that's ridiculous. Don't get yourself in that situation. Work on the message proof it. I mean, come on. That's part of it. Official communication should look like official communication. Right. But the other side of it is that sometimes you come back to it even the next morning and go, yeah, I don't either I don't like the way I said that or that's not really as important as I thought it was in the moment. So there's some value to that, that you really hone in on your message as you're communicating. And with that, I think that uh, the rest of your team is is actually going to be really grateful, even if they can't articulate it in the moment. For what it's worth, with those type of email communications, I rarely immediately respond. Yeah, good. It does make some of the other people uh, mad yes. because I didn't. They didn't get an immediate response. Yes. Well, you asked a bunch of questions. I need to think about those. I need to craft the appropriate response. I need to use the right words. Yes. I'm not going to use ten words when I can use one. Yes. I'm. You know. I. Words matter. Yes. And I'm going to use the appropriate word to describe the situation or, or to explain it. So I think that becomes difficult because we do live in this fast-paced society. Yeah. I almost treat most of my emails like a letter. Mm. I've received a letter in the mail. Mm-hmm. I've read it. I need to ponder it. Mm-hmm. And then I need to take the time to sit down and write the letter. Yes. Put it in the envelope, in the mailbox for it to get back to you. Yeah. Uh, and, and we can talk about it later on a different one. I'm not the only one that thinks that. Yeah. Uh, with those type of things. Now, if it's just short, you know, I had some students email me, you know, about certain things. Boom. I can respond real quick to that because sure. it doesn't take any thought. If they misread it, that's on them. Yeah. It's about this is what we're doing on this day. This is what you need to do to be prepared for that type of situation. Mm-hmm. But with one of the things you said too here, I was thinking instead of saving up a bunch of information, to send at once, mm-hmm. however it is sent, whether that's an email, it's a memo, it's in a meeting, mm-hmm. could could you spread that out? Mm-hmm. You know, and can there be a weekly email instead of saving up everything for for the month? Yeah, uh, or even daily and bullet points. Yeah, hey, here here are the numbers. Here are how things are working. Uh, this is what we need to work on this month. We need to push widgets. We're we got too many of those okay. or whatever the situation is. You know, I'm yeah. trying to make this more expansive than just to our profession. Right. Uh, because it comes into, I also think with this idea, if you err on the side of communication, you it has some benefits to the leader. Mm. Uh, for one, the leader can't really be accused of failing to communicate. <laughs> they could be accused of not communicating effectively. Mm-hmm. But you can't say, well, they don't tell us anything. Yeah. And I know people that work in all kinds of industries. Yeah. And one of the most common complaints I hear is, we don't know anything. Yes. They don't tell us anything. Yes. And I think a second advantage to leaders to err on the side of over-communicating is it puts the impetus on the receiver of the communication mm-hmm. to actually take that information in. 
Mm-hmm. So in an email situation, you've sent the email, and then when they say, well, we didn't know that, then you have a date, you have a time it was sent out, mm-hmm. uh, we can verify yes. uh, in trail. different ways. Yes, that paper trail, we can verify, did you open it? Even if we have to go pull up your email right now and let's search for this. Yeah. And there have been times, and legitimately, I think of a couple of times where, where we were, I was getting communication. Other faculty members were getting communication, but you weren't. Yes. Because you didn't, somehow you didn't get transferred over on the new list. Yeah. So then, hey, you could legitimately say, I never got that. Yeah. And like here, you pull it up, you search by name, you search by whatever. So I think that's types of things. You know, if a follower chooses not to read the email, not to read the memo, not to listen in a meeting, Mm -hmm. that's the followers. Yes. That's the follower's problem. Yes. That's not the leader. The leader did their job to communicate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And at some point, maybe we need to talk about meeting etiquette. Mm. Because it bothers me to go to a meeting, people are talking all through it, and then asking, what what did they say? Or they start Well, I couldn't hear. (laughs) Yeah, that too. Or they're on their phones. Yeah. And I know some of that in today's world may be a necessity, but not to the extent that we're doing it. Mm. Um, But if you have communicated effectively... And that over-communication, again, you can point to a date, you can point to a time, you can point to a method of communication, because yep. most meetings and businesses have minutes. Minutes, yeah. You can pull those out and say, on this date, we talked about this, mm-hmm. or on this date, we sent this email, we sent this memo, we sent this carrier pigeon, whatever the case <laughs> may be. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think too many leaders don't understand the reality of the perception. They want to think, because I know what's going on, and I'm in charge, everything is good. Yeah. But if you fail to communicate, even though it's not actually reality, it's not the way things actually are, people are perceiving it differently, and they're going to fill in the gaps. Yes. And there are going to be some wild stories. (laughs) Creative. Creative. Yes. That's a good way to put it. Uh, well, as we start to wrap up this particular episode of Thoughts On, do you have any other thoughts on the perception of the reality? No, I think we covered it really nicely. I think you and I come from enough of a varied background, doing different types of work, working with different types of leader, to be able to speak to that whole idea of under or over communicating. But I think ultimately, you were right. The goal is to communicate appropriately, but If you are not at that point in your professional maturation process, then over-communicate, but actively, intentionally work on getting better at it. And that might vary based on the industry you're involved in, but the effort shows. And and this is something I remember us talking uh, with a particular leader just in the last couple of years, that if you just try to communicate more often your staff is going to feel it, know it, and appreciate it. And I think just trying makes a big difference. It does. I think if you try, your team will grant you a little slack. Agreed. With that. Uh, They're still going to have questions. Yes. And they're still going to fill in the gaps sometimes. But they're more apt to come to you instead of spreading the rumors or gossiping about it. Yeah. In those types of situations. Yeah. When you open that door to communication, if you do it well, if you present yourself in a way as I'm trying to communicate with you, it may open the door that other people will come to you and ask about the gossip or, well, I've heard this and instead of spreading it, I thought I would come and ask you. And what a great situation if you've got people coming to you to say, I didn't want to 
further this particular gossip, I thought I would come to you as my leader to ask for verification. Right. Or sometimes they come and say, this didn't sound right. This is what I'm hearing. Is there any merit to that? Yeah. Uh, leadership is a skill. Yeah. You have to develop that skill. Yes. It's, you have to actively work at it. Yeah. Communication doesn't come naturally. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> you have to work at it. Yeah. And you, again, when we're going to get to some things with communication in some future episodes, you have to know your audience. Yeah. And how you're going to do that. Because how I really would prefer somebody to communicate with me is very different from some of my colleagues. Sure. And the leader... And their development has to understand those types of things. One thing that, uh, as you were talking, that came to mind is on on one of our regular episodes, we talked about our experience in purchasing a vehicle. Mm -hmm. And we went over there one morning and and met with the the salesperson and uh, asked a question or whatever. And he's like, I don't know, um, but I think we just got that email every Mm -hmm. morning. They got an email mm. that sold what uh, vehicles they had on the lot, mm-hmm. all the information about mm-hmm. them, what the you know cars fluctuate daily almost, sure. uh, what the current price was, and all those type of things. You know that's effective communication yes. because he knew what it was, and we got there pretty much right after they opened. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's why he didn't have that, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, let me go get the printout." Yeah, with that. Um, you know, that's effective for that industry. Yes. For other types of organizations, you may not need a yeah. morning email. Yeah. You you know, weekly may be fine. As needed may be fine. Mm-hmm. Personal conversations, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stop by people's offices, your regular staff meetings or whatever. But you have to communicate. Yes. You have to communicate. So when you say, well, don't they know? <laughs> You're not getting this. Well, no, they don't know because you haven't told them. Yes. Or you haven't told us. It could be, yeah, they do know, but they don't quite understand. So can you go back and say it differently or mm. give a fuller picture yeah, yeah, yeah. with that situation? Yeah, absolutely. I think I am done for today. Wow. That I is like shocking. It. The so. reality of the perception. Yes. The reality like of the it. perception. Uh, why don't you tell people where they can uh, follow us and find us, and then we'll head to the house. Okay. I First, let me say, the part of the reason we tell you this is because we want to hear from you. We want to hear from people listening, your input, your stories, your ideas, or maybe questions. And the best way to reach us is through Instagram. We are the Front Porch Sessions podcast on Instagram. There, if you'll give us a follow, you can keep up with all of our adventures on and off the porch. But more importantly, for this particular scenario, you can communicate with us over direct message. And we'd love to hear from you at any point. Questions, stories, insights, whatever you got. We'd love to hear from you on the Front Porch Sessions podcast on Instagram. And we will respond in some manner. It may just be a simple like. Yes. Or it may be carrying on a conversation related uh, to that. And we've done that a few times just on today, the day we're recording. We've had several communications with several people that are listening and giving us feedback. Yes. So it works. It does. (laughs) We communicate. We try our best to communicate. Well, thank you for listening to this Thoughts On. And until next time, I've been Billy. And I've been Christy. See ya.